News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now, the evacuation of Irish citizens from Sudan is continuing. Uh, we're joined by the uh, Minister of State at the Department of Foreign Affairs, uh, Sean Fleming. Um, Minister, just uh, bring us up to speed on what is the latest situation in Sudan. Well, I think everybody would have heard um, up to yesterday we had brought out 50 Irish citizens and their family members and there are approximately 100 uh, still in Sudan. And we sent out a force um, yesterday of um, our defence forces, 12 members of our defence forces, and we have four or five very senior uh, diplomats from the Department of Foreign Affairs and they are based in Djibouti. So what is happening is we're getting people out of Sudan to a neighbouring country into Djibouti and our people are looking after them there, settling them into accommodation for onward um, transport to Ireland as soon as people are ready to, okay. d- to do so. Have more been uh, have more been moved overnight? Is there any update on that situation? No, no uh, 50 is the last number, but we would hope more will happen today. Um, as I think is well known, we are working with our EU partners because most of the EU countries are working together. Very few countries are working in absolute isolation without consultation with the EU partners. So this is the way it is happening. A number of countries are coming together to work together collectively as we're doing and Spain and France have been particularly helpful to us because they have um, the ability to get people out because they would have had some forces closer to Sudan in the first place all along because some countries have military bases in a neighbouring country called Djibouti which is very close to Sudan. Okay, um, more than a hundred people, um, Irish people, believe to remain in Sudan. Do we know? Because th- there's a feeling there'll be more than that, because that will include obviously there will be dependents uh, included as well in that uh, in the final tally. One imagines. Yeah, we we have we believe most of the Irish citizens registered with um, our embassy, um, and there's in hourly contact with them directly through um, internet and emails, and they're directly linked. And some of them do have family members. Some some Irish people would have married out there and may have a spouse and some children and they don't have the exact number of all the spouses and dependent children but a number of them will have those but um, that aside they are being brought out as well with the member of the Irish family. Okay, how helpful uh, is the ceasefire and how hopeful are you that that ceasefire <laughs> will last? That'll be really great because the biggest issue is getting people from where they are mainly in Khartoum, to the military airport, which is a number of miles outside of Khartoum. And that journey needs heavy military protection, as it has been getting from our EU partners over the last day or two as well. So hopefully um, there'll be less risk in moving people from where they are in Khartoum, because some people understandably might be nervous of heading off um, on a bus, you know, protected by military forces from EU countries when they have to make a reasonable journey from where they live to get to this military airport. So hopefully the pressure will ease and the Irish people who might have been nervous about leaving home will be happy to do so once this ceasefire holds. So we'll know today is that ceasefire holding. Okay. Uh, the UN seems satisfied it will, but we'll have to just make sure it's happening on the ground. Can you just clarify one thing? I mean, we've dealt, I think that the criticism of the government, uh, the fact we don't have our own jet capability and so on, that's been dealt with. And I know your argument is there will are planes arriving in the summer. But there seems to be a little bit of confusion over the decision, the, the, the rationale for the decision to send 
a, a, a force of just 12 uh, troops. There had been suggestions and a belief yesterday that the triple lock uh, dictated that not more could be sent. But reports in the paper today suggesting the government received legal advice. It didn't apply to the mission because it's humanitarian and that it was the reason for sending only 12 was to restrict the number of people who would require seats on planes on the way out. Can you clarify what actually is the situation? I, I can't clarify about whether 12 more can go or not, but what I am saying is there is a restriction put in place in relation to when we had discussions on the triple lock to limit uh, people uh, to 12 members of the Defence Forces. But you're raising the point now as well. Um, this is kind of a military situation as we speak, but it is vast, vastly moving on to a humanitarian issue in terms of people will require to be evacuated basically because of uh, food supplies and everything like that. And on um, uh, a humanitarian issue, maybe some people who go, could go in who are not military people in the meantime. And that's something that can be examined uh, and that's been looked at, but we've no definite word on that in terms of people okay. who are strictly humanitarian workers rather than military workers. But it would be very dangerous to bring those people into that situation without okay. guarantee of a full ceasefire. Uh, Minister, just before I let you go, your colleague, uh, your ministerial colleague, your party colleague, Niall Collins, has uh, broken his silence uh, over that story in the ditch, uh, the local council's decision to put a property up for sale while he was a councillor uh, and that property ultimately bought by his wife. He has said he's done nothing wrong and that no one objected to the decision. What's your reaction to what Niall Collins had to say? Well, his statement seems very straightforward. The council is, is the writer entitled to put council property up for sale and inevitably um the property, um, the councillor entitled to do that. That was mentioned. He had no interest in the property, knew nothing about the particular location from a personal point of view, nor did his wife or had any interest in it. And ultimately, in 2008, when Niall was a member of Don Lairn and no longer a member of uh, Limerick County Council, the council sold the property after due diligence, putting it up for public um, sale. And the executive of the council recommended this. Niall was the member of the council when the decision was made to do it. And his wife, who is an ordinary citizen, uh, decided to buy that. And uh, that's what I understand the full situation. Should he had no contact on the council when this happened. Should he uh, issue a statement to the doll and, and, and go before the doll for questions on well, this? Well, he's issued a statement. And if somebody finds something strange with what I said, um, that requires um, something that the council sold property, his wife um, bought it at the time, but he had nothing to do with um, Limerick County Council at that time. Niall, I know, and I can say this, is a straightforward, direct, upfront guy. And if he says this is what happened, I believe him. Okay, we will leave it there. Sean Fleming, Minister of State at the Department of Foreign Affairs. Thank you for talking to News Talk Breakfast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.